From a small town in Maine to the lights of Bangkok, it's the love of the game that has taken Jose Nuchantavong on a journey around the world. Jose began playing basketball as a child and would work his way onto the roster of a local community college before going on to play for the University of Southern Maine. At a crossroads, contemplating a transition into the workforce, fate intervened with a unique opportunity, a chance to travel to Laos and proudly represent his heritage as a member of Team Long Pabong in the Thai Basketball Super League. Basketball has taken Jose to places like Indonesia, Malaysia, and even Armenia, but in his heart, there is still unfinished business. His goal is to represent Laos at the SEA Games alongside fellow Lao American Bobby Sivanthong. We're gonna we well, have cool. to count how many count how many ladders in the one. Seven, two. Yeah, bro, fifteen, like mine. Mine is Shantadong yeah. C. That's for team too. Yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> it's yeah, a yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. All right, guys. Hey, welcome to another episode of C4 Podcast. Welcome to the year. This is our first episode, C4 Southeast Asian Athlete Achievement Through Adversity. My name is Coach Andetka. If you guys haven't already, please like, comment, share, tell your friends. If you know anybody that would be great, uh, that a great athlete, a great interview, uh, please uh, message us on Facebook. It's Lao American Sports, uh, Instagram, Lao American Sports. Lao American Sports Hall of Fame is our website. We have an amazing guest today. Uh, I'm gonna let uh, I'm gonna let my co-host John Messina uh, introduce him to you. But th this is gonna be a great great interview, guys. Yeah, we are excited about the guest today. He's a pro basketball player. If you follow our pages on Facebook, IG, or have checked out our website, you've seen him profiled on there because he's been doing some incredible things. Um, but before we jump into the interview. Just want to remind everybody, we officially got 501c3 nonprofit status for our new nonprofit, Lao International Sports NFP. Um, check out the page on our website related to that, laoamericansports.com slash LIS. We're going to be doing some really cool things. 2025 seems like it's a long way away, but we're going to start working towards the 2025 SEA Games in Thailand. Uh, my daughter will hopefully be making a return appearance. We're hoping to bring a much bigger athlete contingent. And one of the yeah. athletes we'd love to see there is is on here today, Jose Nuchantavong. He's a basketball player. He's played over in Southeast Asia. He's played in college here in the U.S. Um, but we could use some support. So please check out that link. Uh, we will be asking the public, the community to help contribute because we've we got to pull a little money together to get the organization fully up and rolling with some of the fees and stuff. Um as well as starting to build a fund so that we could take athletes um, from the U.S. Laos has very limited funding and, and help help support them and get them to Thailand next year because it's rather expensive. And a lot of us, we have to fund it ourselves. Laos just does not have the budget, but it's going to be awesome. We're hopefully coming out with a mini documentary. Uh, we had Boysen Harat and the Saab ID Corporation um, crew come film last SEA Games, and we're, we're, we're working hard to get a mini doc out to document our journey and show you guys but with that we're going to jump into the interview uh co's going to go ahead and ask our guest here jose the first question and get it going all right jose um and 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 be free to just talk right but tell mm -hmm. us a little about your childhood and you know 
like tell us about your mother and father from Laos. I believe one is from Laos and one is Cambodia, correct? Yep. So tell us about your childhood, man. Uh, I just want to start off saying, uh, Sabaidi Takon. Uh, I know that <laughs> I know that my grandparents will probably be happy and proud of him. Yeah. And, um, but not my mom is Lao. Uh, my dad is Cambodian. Um, so my grandparents, my mom, her two sisters and brother, um, came to the U.S. when my mom was about eight or nine years old. Um, straight to Maine. Uh. And my mom had me at a young age. So basically, I, I grew up with my grandparents um, up until maybe, I would say, eighth or ninth grade. And then I moved in with my uncle and aunt throughout high school. Um, so growing up with my grandparents, uh, I wasn't really able to go too far, um, only allowed to really like stick around my neighborhood. Uh, luckily for me, there was a basketball court, um, and that's kind of all I really needed, you know. Um, so every day, literally after school, I would go home, grab a ball, and go to the court till sundown, whether that be with my younger brother, um, a couple friends from the neighborhood, or majority of the time by myself, really, you know. Um, so that was that. And then living with my, growing up with my uncle and aunt, it was pretty much the same thing where it was basketball. We all played basketball with a group of friends. If I wasn't playing with them, I'm playing with my friends. If my friends are off doing AA, AAU or doing their thing, pretty much by myself at the court. So pretty much growing up in childhood was just really spent a lot of time at a basketball court. Wow. That's, that's pretty cool. You said, you said you grew up in Maine. Where, where in Maine? Yeah, Maine, Westbrook, Maine. And like when with with grandparents in Maine and with your aunt and uncle still in Maine or did yeah you move so everybody was in everybody was in Maine um, okay like I said my my mom was young when she had me so my grandparents didn't think she was able to really you know raise a kid as she was a kid herself so I basically grew up with my grandparents so when she came here she was eight or nine yeah right okay and then she had you can you tell us a little about your father. Um, he wasn't really in the picture. Um, so, yeah, it, I can't really speak too much about that, but yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have any type of communication? Like do you guys talk yeah, at yeah, all? Yeah, we or? talk a little bit here and there. Um, we're trying to, uh, actually meet. So that, that would be nice. Um, but well, you guys haven't met yet? No, not, I don't okay. remember really being with him. So, yeah. 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 And, you know, he survived the Khmer Rouge and all that. And he, you know, he's got his, he's had his own battles. He was extremely supportive, Jose, while we were getting the paperwork together, though, I will say, right. in so, responsive when I, we needed some, some info from him for Jose yeah. to represent Laos one day. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so that was cool. Well, you had to get both parents' permission or? They just need to document your identity on both sides, even the non Lao parent. Oh. Like, even for my okay. daughter, I had to send in everything about me. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. In addition, you'd think they would only care about my wife, right? Because like she was the one born there, but no, they, they want to, they need to see like the whole picture. It's just their process because they're giving you a yeah. passport, a legal ID. They, they just have to follow. It has to be compliant with Interpol, like, you know, international rules so that they have a, they have a process. We gotta, we gotta mm -hmm. follow man. And, uh, but yeah, but though that's gotcha. cool. So tell us, I mean, it sounds like basketball was kind of your, your outlet and your places 
as in your youth, man. Tell us about some of your accomplishments in high school playing. So, I mean, like you said, basketball was, was everything to me. I think I developed, you know, the, an obsession and love for the game very young. Um, and just, you know, it was just like one thing that I can, if no matter what was going on, the ups and downs, whatever the situation was, I knew once I stepped on the court, everything didn't matter anymore. Like I would go into my own world and, you know, just listen to the sound of the basketball or look how, at the different ways the ball goes in the hoop. Like basketball is was just a part of me. Uh, I can't really explain it, but it was just an outlet for sure. Um, felt free, you know, completely free. So high school. Who were your I, idols? Idols? Um, yeah, idols. Growing up, growing up I, AI was a guy, Allen Iverson. Okay. Yeah. Small guy, very explosive. Um, um, another guy I, I looked up to was Michael Red. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Reddick? Yeah, Reddick. No, Michael Red. He he was a he played for Milwaukee. But he's a lefty shooter. Um, oh, okay. Wow. I, I should yeah. know he's from Milwaukee. Okay, so he he, there's a lot of people I um admire and uh watch a lot. So yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry I interrupted you. You were talking about high school. Yeah, um, so high school career. Like, what were some of the highlights um from that? High school, high school. I was I was a small, timid. Uh, timid guy. So I didn't really do too much. Um, I was just a point guard, really, uh, facilitator. We had guys that um were more advanced, I guess you would say. Mm. Um, so I didn't really do too much. I would say I was a late bloomer. Um, going into college, that's where I kind of found myself. But in high school, I was just a uh, pure point guard. Uh, made the right passes, um, played the right way, just high IQ player. So yeah, and then you went. I know because so that would explain why you you so you went to community college first and played there, right? Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about is that where you kind of bloomed because you just killed it at the University of Maine. Yeah. Um, so tell us kind of how you went, how you got to that point at the University of Maine and through the junior college side. So the coach at SMCC. Uh, Matt Richards, shout out to him. Uh, he was the only coach that recruited me um, out of high school. Um, so I went there, and it was just a great experience. Um, I went through some adversity and learned a lot. Um, but the main thing was, you know, classes and then basketball. So it was as much as, much as I wanted to go play I can go play they had a shooting gun where I was locked in like that was my life like I was on the shooting gun every day all day um so I just developed into a better player by being in the gym yeah that's good and then how'd you get the attention of the the University of Maine that you eventually went to um so or Southern Maine it was Southern Maine right yeah University, University of Southern Maine University of Southern Maine sorry yeah um Really, they um they're maybe thirty minutes away from each other. Mm. Um, so uh, what what I was able to do at SMCC um just carried on, and they was looking for a point guard at the time, 
and I had a year left, so I went on and played for them. Okay, so it's almost like that community college is a great feeder program for that coach, for right? Because sure. it's in the same area. They yeah. could develop players at community college for that next level, like yeah. you. It was it was cool because both coaches um, allowed me to play free. Um, hmm. I think they trusted me in making the right plays and right passes. So it was good. Uh, it was good. Yeah. Yeah. You certainly left your mark on the program there at, at Southern Maine. Yeah. Um, for sure. Well, tell us your transition then from college onto the pro level. How did, how did that occur? So after my uh, last year at University of Southern Maine, I got an opportunity to be on a coaching staff. Um, that season allowed me to look at basketball in a whole different perspective that I wasn't used to, which was coaching. And, um, that season, it was unfortunate because in my mind, I was, um, still thinking about playing, playing basketball, playing basketball. I want to play pro. I want to pursue my dreams, um, play, play, play. And, I didn't give all my efforts to the team, which was unfortunate, you know, but um, shortly after the season working part-time, um, I had a conversation with a close friend of mine, my brother, my trainer, DOG, um, definition of greatness, where I, I told him I'm thinking about giving up basketball and stop pursuing, pursuing my dream and to commit on a full-time job. And his response was like, no, just wait it out. You never know what could happen. Um, I need you to stay ready because if an opportunity does come and you're not ready, then you're out of luck, you know. Um, two, I would say maybe about two weeks later, he calls me up. What an opportunity. He says, bro, I have an opportunity for you. And I was just shocked because we literally just talked about staying ready. Um and he says, I'm speaking with an agent, and the team is Long Pabon. So what's the odds that my first contract was being able to play for my country? I told him, I told him right away, I didn't care about the salary, whatever, I'm there. And so basically that's how I started my pro career. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting because mm -hmm. Bobby Siventhong played there as well. And the reason, Jose, they would be interested in a person like you is in the level of league they're in and the TBSL, okay, you could have one import player. Yep. So that'd be like a foreign player from the U.S., right, college basketball player, whatever, that, that doesn't make the NBA. But they will allow you to have local players or heritage players. So mm -hmm. a heritage player does not go against the import quota, right? You could only have yep. one import player on the court at a time or something. But heritage players are permitted. So if there's a Thai American, he could play on whatever, Bangkok Tigers, yep. right? Et cetera, yep. et cetera. So, so your guys like you are, are valuable to them because you bring outside talent. Laos is a very small country, mm -hmm. but don't, don't go against that quota that they have for sure. import players. In, for and sure. so it's a great place to get started, um, you know, in the pros for somebody and a huge opportunity. So if anybody out there is listening, you're a Blau American basketball player. Um, that's an opportunity for you, just like Jose did, potentially to go over there. Yeah, yeah. So what that, tell um, us about uh, 
Yeah, tell us about your relationship with Bobby, like how you guys met and you guys played together, correct? Yeah, so I didn't know um, Bobby previously to when he came to Lampabang. Um, he's a cool, super cool guy uh, off the court, uh, respectful. Um, on the court, it was very easy. The chemistry was like there from the start um, just because he was a high IQ player, um, didn't did everything to win the game, all the little things. You know, he he didn't shoot he didn't shoot the best, but he would go and get offensive rebound under the trees against two seven footers. He's up there with them, grabbing the rebounds, um, able to collapse the paint, kick. He was just a smart player. So playing with Bobby, I wish, I hope that we can play again because we have unfinished business. And yeah. That's awesome. So what was it? I mean, because you had never been to Laos, I take it, right? I mean, I, I know you have heritage from there, but until you played for Lung Kong, was that the first time you set foot in that country? Yep. Yeah. What, yeah. So what was that like, sort of rediscovering that side of yourself that you that you never knew probably? Um, it's just it's shocking, really, because growing up, I really didn't go around the United States as well. Like, I really just stayed in Maine. I didn't, I didn't go anywhere too far. So <laughs> going to thailand laos it was just you know a whole new world um it, but it was beautiful you know at the same time um get to really see everybody um how they live the culture um the young generation the kids playing how excited they are it was it was amazing how old were you at the time when when you went to laos how old were you oh uh 20 i would say 25 okay yeah do you see a difference? Do you see a difference between like playing college and playing for the United States and then playing in Laos in front of like your 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 native countrymen? Was there a difference in how in the response you got? Did you like did they like welcome you and even though you're from the States or, or were they kind of distant? How how was how was it like playing think, in Laos versus playing in the States? Yeah, for sure. I think there was very welcome um welcoming. I mean, um there was just it was ha they were happy because they knew one I was Laos. So regardless if I was from America or not, I'm still Lao. Um, doing things that they watch on YouTube, you know what I'm saying? Um, for them to develop their game, they get to see it in person. Like that's me, you know what I'm saying? I'm the same person as him. I could do that. So to just be there and to inspire and, and motivate them was. A good feeling. Yeah, nice. and you're you're from like a Neo Maine is kind of a cold, super mild cold. summer, <laughs> cold winters, and Laos is like the opposite. It's like sweltering heat sometimes. And yeah. how was it just adapting to playing over there? Were you? Um, it wasn't. It wasn't much to adapt to. Um, it just came came with everything. I think I um, I love the warm. You know, you like you said, Maine is super cold, so. Any any chance I could get in the uh, in a warm weather, um, I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah. Did now did the team take care of your housing, uh, like where you lived and all that? Yes, uh, they Our, took care of, uh, they took care of accommodation and, and flights. Okay. Uh, we didn't get no uh, we didn't get a car, but everything was so close that you didn't need need a vehicle. Yeah, we can take the tuk tuks. 
Yeah. <laughs> it took place in the BTS. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, and then you guys actually, during the season, didn't you live in Bangkok? Yeah. That so, where, and you were, yeah. yeah. Tell us a little bit about how it was, I guess. Um, so, so yeah, we had, we didn't really, we didn't play in Laos. We just had a training camp right before the season. We would all go there um, and train there for a couple weeks. Um, and then we would go to Bangkok and live in Bangkok and play there. So it was, it was a cool experience. Um, the imports and the heritage player would stay in Bangkok and coach, coach Yoke and the Lao players would go back and forth. Um, so practice, we would just, it would just be three of us, three or four of us. And we would just shoot around and talk about game plans and how we want to play. And then everybody else would come right before the, the day before the game. So it was challenging, but, um, the main guys kind of had, kind of had an understanding of how to play. Yeah. And I believe Bobby told us you guys were roommates for a while too, right? Yeah. One season we was roommates. Yeah. That yeah. Must have, that must've been cool. A lot of fun and um, stuff like that. Well, uh, so tell us when you played in the TBSL, um, what was your proudest moment? When you were representing Lung Pabong, I should say, because I know you played for other teams as well, but. Um, John, you want to explain TBSL like the? Oh sure, I'll, yeah. Just I'm sorry, I use acronyms because it's the Thai Basketball Super League. So although it is a Thai league, there are a few teams from outside Thailand, such as Long Prabang. So Long Prabang is the club that sort of represents all of Laos in the Thai Basketball Super League or the TBSL. Um, and I believe there's a few other non-Thai teams as well. But there's also teams like the Bangkok Tigers that Jose had the opportunity to also play on for a while. Um, you know, local Thai teams as well in that league. So it's kind of the main league in Thailand, I guess is a good way to put it, the main basketball league in Thailand. Yeah. So uh, my proudest moment. Yep. Which is, uh, I feel like I accomplished a lot in my basketball career. Um, collected a few accolades along the way. But my proudest moment were probably, you know, just representing Laos, you know. Um, it's not just it's not me, it's not it's all of Laos, it's my family. Um, um team Long Pabang, Coach Yoke, Cam, Pikung, um great people, very caring people, and um just helped me a lot along the way. And I'm very thankful for them forever. So pretty much just just playing for my my country would be my proudest moment. Tell us how that works. Uh, how many months did you spend playing in Laos, and how many months were you back in the states? Um, you're still a U.S. citizen, right? Like they didn't yeah. grant you like dual citizenship or anything. Uh, no dual citizenship, just uh, U.S. Um, so I would spend. Is there a limit on how long you can stay in Laos at a time? I thought there was like I don't know. Well, he was months, in Thailand, Co. There is. You were mostly yeah. in Thailand, right? As far as the bulk yeah. of the time. Yeah. Oh, but, okay. But even there, you have to leave and come back after so long, probably, right? Yeah. yeah. But so you just go across the border and come back. Yeah. Right <laughs> yeah. So pretty much that was it. That was um, three months. You could spend three months in Thailand. Um, and you had to fly out and come back in. Um, so that's pretty much what every import did. Um, I would spend... 
they they would have two seasons there, the TBSL and the TBL, the Thailand Basketball League, which is just uh teams that are in Thailand. Um, so I would play in both. So I might stay there for six or seven months, maybe eight months, and then come back home and then see what happens from there. So you spent about eight months up there and like four months back. A typical year would be eight months there and four mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. Wow. This previous this uh, this previous year, I stayed the whole year because there was so much going on. Uh, there was the TBSL, the TBL, and also you know three x three has been, uh, you know, blowing up. So oh. played three x three there as well. Um, so yeah. Spent at, at least a year there last year. Yeah. Well, so, um, you know, this this basketball dream has taken you not just back to Laos and Thailand, but kind of around the world, right? Yeah. Tell us about some of the other countries you've had the opportunity to play in. Man, like you said, it's, it's a dream come true, you know. Um, just being a, like, like I said before, I've never seen myself uh, really traveling the world. Um so be, being able to go to Armenia or uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, they're all different and, and special in their own way. And just be, being able to experience, you know, the food, you know, meeting new people. And we're all so far apart, but we have this common, you know, interest in basketball, which is uh, a great thing. Um, so it's definitely a blessing that I'm able to travel the world and play basketball. So you, yeah, you played in Armenia, right? Of all places. What was, what was that like? I've, I've honestly never been there and I'm sure you haven't go. So. No, I barely um, know where it is. <laughs> it's, it's small, not much, not much really going on. Um, well, it's the middle East, right? Caucasus, I guess it's kind of like for... between the middle East and Russia, like, right. It's like yeah. in, yeah, I don't know how to describe it or what it, I don't know what it would be considered. But it's near uh Georgia and uh Turkey, I think. So that's Eastern yeah. Europe then. Yeah, I think they would call that region the Caucasus, like okay. in the Caucasus Mountains with yeah, Eastern oh. Europe, um yeah, Western, yeah. Middle East, I don't know, right on the border basically. So. Yeah. Now now I know how well, people feel when I tell them we're all Laos and like right next to Thailand and Vietnam and all that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. But, but what was it like playing there? The people, the culture. Uh, the people were were great. Um, it was it was small, so everybody kind of knew everybody. Um, basketball wise, I would say it was challenging because there was a lot going on um, behind the scenes. Um, that season particularly was was uh it was okay season but it just everything didn't go as planned i would say uh the whole season kind of just there was a lot going on um games being postponed and stuff so there was just a lot going on um i wish everybody the best over there so <laughs> yeah yeah just they had a lot to get i guess get organized around and stuff like that huh yeah that's 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 cool well man um what does the future hold for you um that's a good question um i think i believe the best has yet to come 
um, you know, uh, just continue to stack days, um, hopefully represent Lao in on the big stage, um, and just push my basketball career as far as I can, um, branch out into other things and just, you know, become a better person pretty much. Uh, but yeah, I, I really hope that one day I can represent Lao on in the sea games. Um, that's 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 pretty much it. Yeah. So, we're so John, was that. was basketball in the C games? Oh yeah, this past it was. It, it so okay. it was. But so the difference between playing for Longquavong and the TBSL and playing on the national team is to play in the TBSL, you do not have to be an actual citizen or passport holder of the country. You just have to have heritage okay. there. They don't make you. You don't have to be a national to be considered a heritage player. To play on the Lao national team, it's the same as being on the U.S. national team. You actually have to have a passport. So that's the difference. That's why Jose couldn't just go from Team Longkabong and fly to this Cambodia with us and be part of the national team. Um, so we started the process for him, but it was unfortunately a little too late. Just the, it, it's wow, it's a long you. legal process. Um, it, it takes takes time. There's a lot of documentation. And things like that. We we just weren't able to pull it off before the last C games. We tried to get him and Bobby through kind of at the last minute. Um, okay. So it just didn't happen. But you know we're not we're not abandoning the effort. We uh, we got t plenty of time, Jose. It's the next yeah. one's in December of 2025. So hopefully you know the plan for that is is that we we get a few basketball players on the roster, him, maybe Bobby. That, that's almost two years, right? It's almost two years. Almost two yeah, years. exactly. Okay. Yeah. It's almost two years away. Yeah. So, so that would be, that's, that's the plan. So barring any hiccups and things like that, you know, um, hopefully Jose will, that dream will come true. You know, you'll, you'll be over there. Bobby will be there. I'll be there again with my daughter and coaching the, the swim team again. And we'll have a, a nice crew, Dawson, Sihavong maybe one more time and the rest of the crew. So, that's the dream. <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 the dream for sure. Okay. So hey Bobby, any any advice you can give? Hold on, hold any, on. Like, oh, you said Bobby oh. go. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jose. I'm out. We kept, we kept on saying we kept on saying Jose. You you were saying Bobby. My bad. I'm I apologize, Jose. No, so okay. yeah, any any advice? A uh, good catch though. Any advice you can give to like a young Young Lao athlete growing up, whether the whether he's in the states or where he's in Laos, what kind of what kind of advice would you give, you know, someone that has your dream, like has this desire to be, you know, or not even a pro basketball player, a pro athlete? What kind of advice yeah. could you give them? Um, one thing I heard recently was, uh, what if things could turn out better than you can imagine? Um, uh, I thought that was powerful and really stuck with me. Um, cause a lot of times we go through, uh, we get down on ourselves and, and we may want to quit or do this. But if you ask that, ask that question to yourself, I think that lights a fire under you, you know, it gives you some motivation, but, uh, my advice would be one to believe in yourself. Um, it starts with you, not nobody around you, not your, your family, friends, as long as you believe in yourself, anything is possible. Um, two, see yourself 
um, whatever, whatever it is that you want to do, um, see yourself doing it at the highest level possible. Like really focus and imagine and visualize yourself doing that every day. And uh, three would be just work, grind, grind, and grind. I, I think that's the most important. Like if you don't put in the work, then none of it is possible. Um, I think uh, you got to grind for everything. Yeah, just just I think that work ethic alone will uh set you in a good spot. So believe in yourself, see yourself doing it and and, and just grind for it. I think because, those because man, like great advice cuz basically you've had that had um some adversity, right? I mean, growing up sure. you had people had to say, I mean, like the non-Asian people had to say and you can't be no basketball player, you know, or you little louse, you know, or you don't even know where you're from, you're short or this or that, right? You had to, I mean, maybe sometimes, maybe maybe your own family would say, well, you're not big like them. So I'm, I'm sure you had to go through that, right? For sure. For sure. Um, you know, like like I said before, I was, I was very small in high school, very timid, very shy. Um, I mean, how, how tall were you when you were playing? Like how tall you were playing in high school and college pros right now? So I maybe from, I was very very small. I think I might have grown six or seven inch my senior year. Wow! Um, wow! Yeah. So that that kind of helped <laughs> helped me a lot. Uh, but you know, like you said, a lot of adversity. Um, everybody around me, um, the top guys going to big schools, D one schools, um. Me, you know, getting recruited by only one coach, going to community college, um, D3, um, and then still trying to pursue playing pro, um, getting older, and everybody telling you, I think it's time to give up. I think it's time to uh, really yeah, I hear, I heard that a lot. Job. Yeah, get a full-time yeah. job, but yeah. never gave up. Yeah, so you're kind of like the Scotty, the Lau Scotty Pippen, because that's his story. <laughs> He he grew like six or seven inches after yeah. like his like I think at, like during college or something. Yeah. So he he so only how, played for some small school. How tall are you? Right now I'm six two. Man, that's tall for the ocean. Yeah. Right, John. That's tall. I mean, that's tall. I'm six ocean. two, man. So. Well, you're half. I, sometimes <laughs> I think I'm Lao Co. Right. So good you're enough. Half. You're half. You're half Lao. You're half Lao. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know where I got, I got my height from because everybody in my family are, are are really short, and I just tower everybody. So, yeah, just, man. Like when we it. see someone like five ten, five eleven, Lahitian, like, and you're big, you know. So I, can, <laughs> I can only imagine six two. So yeah, yeah. that uh, food they got up in Maine, man. Yeah, um, yeah. six two, Laotian with a name Jose. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah. <laughs> Okay, my bad, man, but I thought when John told me about you, I thought you were like half Mexican and half Lao because yeah. lots of so tell us how did you get the name Jose? Um, so pretty much my mom you heard of the baseball player Jose Canseco? Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. So okay. She she got that name from him basically. She uh, that, name. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. So yeah, I'm one of one, the first uh Spanish name first Asian name, first Asian with a Spanish name. So yeah. Well, no yeah, Filipinos. I've, I've met some Filipino Jose's, but yeah, they got a, yeah. they got kind of a 
Spanish heritage, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that, that threw me off for the longest time. I was like, damn, this is like he's half Mexican, half loud, and he's still loud, right? But yeah, as like, I told you, I said, Co, no, he does Joe thought that I said he's half Cambodian. He's not yeah, he's got yeah, no when, yeah. Spanish. Yeah. yeah, when John sent me the interview questions, it said, you know, your parents were from Laos and Cambodia. I said, Well, where's the I thought he was uh Mexican. Hey now wait, a- AJ Wong Punch John, he's half half Latino, yeah. right? He's half yeah, his Mexican, mom right? Mexican, okay. yeah. Okay, yeah. That, are you familiar with AJ, man? He uh, plays football for uh, Utah, linebacker. I, I may have seen him, yeah. I may have, may have seen him, yeah. That's a, that's a big dude, too. That's a big yeah. dude. Yeah. yeah. Well, cool. Well, great, Jose, man. We appreciate you coming on and sharing your journey. We, we wish you a lot of luck in the future, man. We hope to see you in Thailand in 2025 as well. And uh, we're excited to hear what, where basketball takes you from here and where life takes you as well so co any final parting words before we wrap up hey real quick jose how can our listeners follow you on social media so i'm on instagram at stay solid zay um that's pretty much the only social media i have really um or facebook how do you spell how do you spell that stay solid uh s-t-a-y-s-o-l-i-d-z-a-y oh z-a-y okay z-a-y gotcha yeah yeah cool that's cool yeah i appreciate you guys having me on um i love what you guys do you know shedding light and showing recognition to you know the law athlete law american athletes um and john you know help try to help me out behind the scenes so i appreciate you you know and hopefully we could do a second interview because this one i felt a little nervous so uh i appreciate yeah, we you come up with some more, we could come up with some more questions in part yeah. two like again maybe we can you know get deeper in like like get deeper in like the adversity you know parts of it like i was never like me if you know about me i was pretty open about everything like my my addictions my alcoholism drug use uh you know dealing with the racism and all that so i i I mean i'm older now so i'm a little comfortable talking about it you know but when i was competing no i wouldn't talk about that at all because i Mm -hmm. thought it would you know have a backlash but that's one thing about being retired is you can pretty much say everything that you need to say without being punished. Yeah, that's true. Great. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the C4 Podcast. Please like, follow, share the show with your friends. We'd appreciate it. We're out. The C4 Podcast is brought to you by the Lao American Sports Hall of Fame. Visit us on the web at laoamericansports.com celebrating the first, inspiring the next.